So Wednesday, here we are, a couple silver spoons live at the Small <laughs> Fleet and Owner Operator Summit. I'm Dooner here with Michael Vincent, the dude. And uh, hey, you know what? Yeah. What's that? Happy anniversary, mom and dad. Hey, happy anniversary, Mr. and Mrs. Dooner. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, talking about uh, giving uh, giving some reverence to the past. Did you yeah. hear in our keynote today about the ledger system? That uh, old W.W. Grandpa Estes used to employ of his ledger system of his uh, right and left pocket. Yeah, I did hear that, man. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Have you ever used that ledger system? I, I have not, but if you guys didn't hear that, it was an interesting story. It was one about fate and circumstance and all yeah, of that. it really if, was. If you missed any of that, any part of this conversation, you're checking this out on demand. You can find all of these sessions at live.freightwaves.com. Click on agenda. Just hit the replay there. If you want it on demand on audio, look up Freightcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, you can hear all these sessions there, plus all of our shows. Or if you just want What the Truck, just look up What the Truck, right? Yeah, just look up What the Truck, Also man. download the Freightways you TV app. Someone was, like, remarking to me, ah, oh, it's, it's endless the ways that we can experience the content. Of course. It is. Of course. No boundaries, no borders, no paywalls. And we'll think up new ways. Yes. Just you wait. <laughs> I tried that ledger system, but I had a hole in my right pocket, so I didn't keep track of how much I was spending, and it just screwed yeah. me up. That's what my parents always <laughs> tell me. I've got a hole in the pocket over there. Well, hey, special <laughs> special day, special week today. It's Owner-Operator Summit, right? Yeah. One thing truck drivers have to be concerned about is safety, right? Securing uh, your load. It's Secure Your Load Week. Uh, Utah Highway Patrol, they say this about it. They say June 6th is Secure Your Load Day, but they're employing everybody. They're employing everyone, so you consider this Secure Your Load Week. I would say Secure Your Load all the time. Yeah, yeah, lifetime. Yes. Whatever, century. Let's expand that time frame because it's scary. We have a few pictures here from the Utah Highway Patrol. The Utah Highway Patrol troopers know the dangers presented by unsecured loads because they see the consequences of road debris every day. Calls for road debris are one of the most frequent calls to which they respond to. To probably secure load, drivers should, this is their advice, tie down the load with rope, netting, or straps, tie large objects directly to the vehicle or trailer, cover the entire load with a sturdy tarp or netting. Don't don't overload the vehicle. Always double check the load to make sure it is secure. And don't trust tethered or worn straps and bungee cords because things like that can happen. You see that log right in the passenger seat there? That yeah. could have been someone's loved one. Yeah, absolutely. And and please, their last statement there, no matter what you're carrying or towing, no matter how short of the trip you're taking, make sure you properly secure your load. Other people's lives may depend on it. Nothing's worth not being safe. No, it just no. isn't. And I think it's a just great isn't. thing to call attention to. And sometimes Absolutely. you got to use, uh, you know, those aren't even the most shocking photos. I mean, if you've seen some of the, oh, the pictures some online, are, are they, I mean, they shut down Live League. Live League was this site that would just show like security camp footage and just awful accidents and yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. One of the worst videos I ever saw in Live League was, and you didn't even see the person get hit by it, but there's this family driving, and if you hear it through their dash cam, and a brick yeah. falls off the back of a truck and it goes right through the windshield, and you can hear just the family cry out in horror as the mother has been hit by the bricks so it's serious stuff yeah 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 no it's scary it scares me to death too can happen in an instant it can happen in an instant it absolutely can it's one of my worst things driving down the road yeah it's, it's, hey something ice. somebody's always asking about here people are always asking about is the tesla semi when is it going to come out well elon musk has been pretty forthcoming about it especially in uh the past year or two right and he said demand is no problem for our semi this was in march 30th he said mm-hmm. of this year demand is no problem but near-term cell supply makes it hard to scale the semi this limitation will be less onerous next year well You know, interesting because they just appointed a longtime Tesla executive to this new role to oversee the semi project, uh, Jeremy Gillian. He has a background with Daimler AG. Um, He'd been with a Freightliner, right? So he knows the big truck industrial space, but it doesn't look like he wants to wait wait a year or maybe he got a better offer for these 4680 cells to mature. Uh, Tesla at the same time canceled their longest range model, the uh, Model S Plaid Plus. It's not coming out till next year either. Yeah, so they're delaying some stuff. It looks like he's moving on to do some other to do some other things. Not not waiting on it. So, um, 
Does this affect the smaller vehicles as well? And well, the Plaid S it does, yeah. right? But uh, this that's is a higher end. It's another higher end, yeah. higher margin vehicle yeah. that Tesla's I mean, putting it, out. It, it makes sense if you can't get the right battery and do this stuff, then you're going to have to delay some things, right? And it, that's, I think you are. I mean, you don't want to just roll it down a hill, right? Or just what, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> film a commercial. You don't want to just do that. Yeah, probably not the best idea. <laughs> hey, another big topic that's going on too. We're going to talk about it with some of our guests today is about recruiting and retention. Continental Express, right? They have announced Memorial. Day weekend, a pay increase for all of their company drivers. It's an unprecedented move because this is the second driver pay raise within the past year. We've already heard some speakers say talking about how competitive that market mm-hmm. is getting, how hard it is to fill trucks. Well, they're raising rates by uh, two cents a mile for over-the-road drivers. You get one cents a mile for dedicated route drivers, plus they're putting some bonuses in there and everything. And they say their drivers, their average pay is 86000 So doing some work there to keep people around, it's becoming harder than ever. Yeah, absolutely. And you know who else is doing something who just changed their pay? Who? Ford. Oh, yeah. Well, see, Ford, right? The man we're going to talk to right now, yeah. CEO, Tom Schmidt over there. He actually wrote a book before called Simple Solutions, Harness the Power of Passion and Simplicity to Get Results. We'll talk to him about it and see if maybe we just need to keep it more simple when it comes to recruiting and retention. Tom, thank you so much for joining us today at our virtual event. Glad to be with you guys. Hey, I, can you I was, hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you okay. You. I was checking out. I used to be a member of the, the Purple Promise back in, in my FedEx days, so I was really neat to see you write a book with, uh, with the, speaking of Fords, the Ford by uh, Fred Schmidt from over at FedEx. And now you're with Ford. Uh, we were going to talk a little bit about, uh, what's it called, the 3PL relationship, uh, drivers recruiting, capacity, capacity of trucks, and capacity of people. So tell us a little bit about that. What does Ford do to attract those drivers that seem to be so hard to find right now? I mean, first of all, I mean, you guys are absolutely correct. It is a challenge, and it's the challenge that's going to stay with us. Uh, one of the focus areas that I spend most time on. Uh, you guys probably look at the same stats I look at. Um, 100,000 drivers shortage today. That number will probably double in the next five years. So uh, I remember when I was with McKinsey in Atlanta 25 years ago, a colleague of mine, he talked about books, wrote a book called The War for Talent. At the time, they thought more about business people, office people. The war for talent right now is the war for frontline people. It's our dock labor, and it's most of all, it's our drivers, or what we're talking about here. So we actually, uh, we want to make this the most desirable professional home for those drivers. Um, Typically in the past, we had once a year a driver appreciation day. I want to make them feel and rightfully feel like every single day is driver appreciation day. So what do we do? Uh, Two years ago, we did a driver engagement survey. We actually, the same way we ask our employees, what matters most to you? We actually ask our drivers, what matters most to you? And uh, 56% of them actually responded. So of uh, 4,000 people we asked, we got more than 2,000 responses. And then we put a driver board in place. This is a group of 10 people, fleet owners and drivers that represent the other couple thousand. And we meet with them once a quarter and say, okay, you told us predictable home times. You told us pay, not surprisingly. By the way, we had five increases over the last four years. You mentioned uh, two in the the last six months for one of our uh, competitors, which is tremendous. We had five in the last four years. So driver pay is obviously on that list, predictable home times, but then even more mundane practical things like when you call dispatch, you don't want to be on the phone waiting for 12 minutes. I mean, those 12 minutes seem like an hour. So we then sit down with them every quarter and we say, like, how are we doing for you? How are we making this tough job that, by the way, the last 15 months got even tougher? I mean, when you talk about heroes, I mean, these guys are heroes every single day. Um, So it got tougher over the last 15 months. And we check in with these driver representatives every three months, like, are we getting better for you? Are we making your job lighter? Are we getting amenities in in place? Are we making those dispatch, dispatch wait times shorter? And do we do creative things like swaps where you can go out and come back, which we are doing more now than we ever used to, so that they have more home time and more predictable home time? So this is a team sport between uh, selecting the right freight, making sure the lanes make sense, having dedicated routes and less ad hoc routes. Um, And then when you have ad hoc routes, 
pay them extra. We just put in place a destination surcharge for difficult places where people don't necessarily love to go to. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, incentives that we put in place to make sure we make this the most desirable professional home for those drivers. Again, the mindset we have to put in place is, is these people frontline have the toughest job in our company. We need to make it lighter for them, not heavier. And that's what we're doing. That's really good stuff, Tom. You're talking about the uh, the, the attraction, the, the recruiting and the retaining of those drivers and doing those things. And I applaud you guys for having that, that you know, the, surveying those people and bringing those in because it's easy to do a survey. The difficult part is to actually react to those things and do something. And that's probably the most important thing that is there. You know, in college football recruiting, there's a, a, a thing going on right now. And the recruit said, I was told you were making an investment in me and not just recruiting to me. Do you think that's one of the things that you really need to be looking at when you're recruiting drivers and bringing them in, especially owner operators and small fleet owners? Yeah, that's it. that's absolutely correct. I mean, like the uh, when you, when we talk with them, and by the way, if I text them right now, uh, some of them I get the text response back before we're done with this uh, podcast here. So we're very very close connected. We need to listen with two ears and make sure we actually absorb what they what, what's most important to them. But yeah, when we talk about investments, so one of the coolest things that that we together with them developed was a driver app where they can actually go on their smartphone and look up kind of how is, how is my business going? How's my revenue going? Where's my next load? How am I doing this month versus last month? So in essence, they can run their own business at their fingertips. And this is the type of stuff where we say like, anything we can do to make these business owners more successful, again, whether it's making sure they got amenities when they come back to our terminal, or whether it's the simple driver app where they can at their fingertips run their business. And uh, that's when they come back to us and say, Actually, you actually are serious, serious when you say, like, you make us more successful with our business. Wow. So what's yeah. the response been? So you put the survey out there. You hear from the drivers. You, you, you get an idea of their needs. You put your finger on the pulse. So how do you action that, and how do you make it really, really meaningful for these drivers? You mentioned that you make it feel like you're investing in their career. Does it go beyond that? I know you're about keeping things simple, and I think especially in this space, that's yeah. important. Yeah, then, I mean, we did, there's lots of feedback loops, right? So we have a driver relations uh, manager uh, and uh, Ryan Krasinski who actually makes certain that we actually listen to them all the times. And then the, the nice thing is, again, they actually text me like, hey, we just – and some of them that are not on the driver board text me, hey, we just heard – that in the driver board, you reviewed the dispatch wait times and they went down by 50%. We noticed that. Or they tell us, hey, we had this uh, horrific cyber attack second half of December last year. They tell us, you guys were awesome because you were on the phone the entire time with us, making sure that we actually still got our loans. We still got our, uh, our jobs. And then when we came to settlements, you basically said, like, let's just assume these guys did the same thing they did last week and paid them the same amount, right? There's, there's things like that, that when you do them consistently, and this goes back to our purple days, purple promise days, I'm looking <laughs> at you for our joint background here. I mean, this is a people service profit, right? You put your people first, who then go above and beyond delivering exceptional service, and then profit is almost a logical consequence, right? And that people service profit uh, sequence applies to those drivers as much or more than to any other employee that we have in our company. Hey, Tom, we like what we're hearing. If drivers like what, what they're hearing and they look forward to working with you, where should we send them to? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, th this is a very simple. First of all, you can send them to me per person. Every single time I can recruit a driver, that's, that's job number one. Uh, retaining them is obviously a close second, or perhaps that's a co-number one, a second major. But no, seriously, we have a we have a, a number of sites out. Uh, you can uh, so we have a recruiting team out, uh, so we're not that hard to find. But the best thing is our best recruiting uh, devices and, and 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 talent are actually drivers who are with us today, and who pick up the phone and talk to their fellow drivers who are not with us and say like, "Hey, come over here. This place really rocks." Yeah. yeah. Hey, Tom, Absolutely. thank you so much. We appreciate your time today. Thanks for joining us at the event. Okay. Glad to be with you guys. Have a great event. Take care. Thanks. Thanks, Tom.
Hey, our next guest, he's with Echo, right? Yeah. We've done some cool stuff, so, stuff over with Echo before. I've been by their office over in uh, Chicago. Yeah. It's actually. a good time. Well, he is actually a Bradley University alumni, and I was looking into this, and I was really surprised that this school had reared so many legendary broadcasters. You're talking about Jerry, <laughs> well, Jerry Krause, legendary general manager of the yeah, Chicago yeah, Bulls, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Jack Brickhouse, Baseball Hall of Fame wow. radio and TV announcer for the Chicago Cubs. You got uh, Ralph Law- Lawyer, Lawler. He Lawler. is the TV and radio play announcer for the Los Angeles Clippers. Chick Hearn is a legend when I was living out in Los Angeles. He actually RIP. He died when we were out there. And yeah. a Charlie Steiner sportscaster for uh, the Yankees and Dodgers. So let's bring up Jay Gustafson right now, Senior Vice President of Marketplace Solutions at Echo, and find out why he didn't get into sports broadcasting. <laughs> Jay, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Nice to meet you. Funny uh, commentary on the sports broadcasting front. My stepbrother actually is a Syracuse alumni and is in uh, a professional sports broadcaster today. So uh, went a different route than him. <laughs> well, that school's really, I mean, they're, they're, there's something in the water over there. They're, they're raising them right. But let's talk about Echo, though. What is Echo's perspective on technology and logistics and the benefits of the company's proprietary technology, especially stuff like Echo Drive? How does that all work? Yeah, so, you know, first off, you know, thank you very much for, for having me today. And I, and I want to just start out real quickly by saying thank you to the owner-operators and small fleets. It would have been very different these past 14, 15 months. So I did want to just start out and say thank you to all, all the drivers um, for the work they've done this past year. You know, related to our technology, you know, we take a, a real-world perspective. Um, and I think what I mean by that is, is that drive a very diverse group of individuals and the companies they work for all have a very diverse set of business and, and business operations. So the approach that we try to take with technology is to meet the carrier where they want to be met from a technology standpoint. So we have our proprietary mobile um, app and web portal Echo Drive that gives our carrier network that works with Echo today direct access to available load opportunities, um, digital connectivity to their representative full transparency on all the information that we have related to, to shipments. But we recognize that not every carrier works with Echo today, and not every carrier that works with Echo is in a position to leverage technology the way I just described. So additionally, we focus very heavily on integrations with different marketplaces out there to, to meet the carrier where they want to be met, keep trucking, is a marketplace that we recently announced in an integration with. And I think that gives us a really unique uh, opportunity to connect with the owner operator and small fleets of America outside of just our core mobile technology. You, you know, Jay, the, the technology is awesome. And Echo Drive is, is obviously a, a, an awesome advancement. And it, and it is something we absolutely need to continue within our industry. But when we talk about uh, owner operators, why specifically should they go to any 3PO or specifically Echo, but beyond the technology? What, what, sure. what are they? What yeah, are they, I think that's what, a great they question. Get? You know, I think specifically with owner operators and small fleets, one of the things that I hear is that while the technology helps, in many situations, it's only a part of the relationship that they have with a 3PL or shipper partner. So one of the things that I really think is unique about not just Echo, but what I call brokers of choice is that we're providing not just the technology, but the customer service, that 24-7 support when the technology isn't working. When a problem happens, we're delivering solutions. So we're not just making it easy to access opportunities. We're stepping in when exceptions occur. And I think we can all agree exceptions occur very often in our industry. But at the end of the day, the real reason I think an owner-operator should partner with a 3PL is 3PLs are in a unique position to really help owner-operators and small fleets grow their own business. As I think back back on my own career, the drivers that I've worked with directly, the teams that I've managed that work with owner-operators, I can think of countless stories where companies came to Echo, new to the industry, they explained their needs, we got to know their business, we got to know where they needed or wanted to operate, and we helped them grow their operation. So I really think ultimately 3PLs give owner-operators a seat at the table with the largest shippers in America, and we can really help them grow their business. 
All great points. And, you know, I've spoken to plenty of drivers before. And one thing they, you know, to be to be plain about it or to be blunt about it, one thing they say, well, hey, what's in it for me? And what they're really asking is, what is the value that you're driving? So what are Echo's key areas of value for owner operators? Yeah, man, start off by first off by saying, you know, I think from a payment standpoint, which is ultimately one of the most important, important things to owner operators, our rates are incredibly, you know, fair. And most importantly, we pay uh, our carrier network as fast as any broker in the industry. If you haul for us consistently, if you use our technology, if you track electronically, you're getting paid within 48 hours. And that's really a value proposition many, very few shippers are actually able to offer. So we pay fast, we pay reliably, we have access to freight that they would not have access to on their own. So um, that's a huge, huge advantage as a 3PL. We're there to solve problems and help them solutions that are unique to their business. And we've got the technology when they want it, but we still got the experts behind the scenes helping them out, triaging, helping them grow their business from a relationship standpoint. Yeah, Jay, we got like that. That all sounds great. You get network yep. access here. You're yep. going to get paid quicker. You can have somebody who can resolve payment terms for you. And you're going to have a trusted partner. Or as one as he described as a broker of choice. You're about shipper of choice all the time. A lot yeah. of brokers take it back. How about broker of choice and getting on the driver's side? Jay, all hey. that sounds great. So if I'm a, if I'm an owner operator, I'm hearing this. Where do I go to learn more? You can do two different things. You can go to Echo.com, go to our carrier page, and request to sign up, or you can go to either the uh, Apple or Android Android store, go to Echo, pull up Echo Drive, download the app, get signed up in our network. Jay, we appreciate it. Thank you for joining us at the summit today. It's been nice. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. Hey, Thank our you next, so much. Our next guest is a real live owner operator. He is the purveyor of Maconomics. He's actually been a guest on Freightways Insiders and What the Truck on Insiders. I got to talk to him for over an hour. We went like Joe Rogan style. It was like an hour and a half. I don't even know what Ooh, we wow. were rambling about. All I have right. no idea. It's Jamie Hagan. He's the owner <laughs> of Hell Bent Express. Jamie, how's the uh, keto treating you? First of all, I tapped out over the weekend. There was just one too many slices of pizza put in front of my place, my, my face, and I, now I'm just pure calories in, calories out. Going with the Seco tracking in the the My Fitness Pal. That's <laughs> been killing me as well. Uh, went on vacation and just kind of fell right off the wagon. So we're back on the wagon. We're giving it a shot again. You know what do you do? <laughs> it's it, you know it's interesting. You, you talk about being on vacation, being back out on the road. A lot of people are. Everybody wants to get back out on on vacation, but you are talked about a parallel between the drivers on the road and COVID. You said, by and large, the general public scares me. Don't fear COVID, fear the driver not paying attention behind the wheel. And that was in reference to some statistics we saw in accidents. Accidents actually went up in 2020 when you'd think they'd go down. People were driving crazy. What did you see out there and are conditions improving? Well, we talked about that in the insiders deal where I thought, you know, like, I bet you everything just really dropped in it. People were off the road, but as soon as they got back, they spiked right up to higher numbers than they were before, which is kind of shocking even, like, how'd that happen? But, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, we're seeing massive backups out here in the, on the road. You know, like, you've just one of my drivers got held up in three accidents just the other day, just getting caught in the traffic from that. You know, just everybody's out there right now just finally getting out, and I think people are excited to leave their house. You know, a little too excited, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, we saw people shopping online more. They admitted like 19% more admitted to shopping online because there was less people on the road. Oh, maybe, while driving. Yeah, yeah, while driving, right? And maybe they're while shopping driving. online while driving even with more people on the road. It's getting worse. I don't know. But, you know, uh, Jamie, talk about the challenges uh, out there building and running a small fleet. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, there's many challenges. I think the biggest one I saw was my actual operating costs went up the more trucks I put on. I thought it would come down. But actually, you gain more, like, I got to hire office people now. I got to have land to park a bunch of trucks, not just one. You know what I mean? Like, all these things that you don't think of, really, as you multiply. Because when there's just one or two, it's kind of a small deal. Next thing you know, you're getting bigger. You need maintenance costs start to go up more because you're just losing track of things. And, you know, you can't keep your finger on it. So there's a lot of the different things I didn't see coming. Uh you were just talking to Echo about the three PLs and stuff. Like I'm getting involved with that where I've never were involved with that before as a leased operator, learning that whole thing, 
getting involved with different 3PLs, you know, like learning which ones you want to do business with, which ones, yeah, maybe not so much. You know what I mean? There's a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, learning the hard way, as they say. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the, the brokers, something you didn't really have to dabble in. And a lot of times drivers don't, and they have a uh, certain opinion about, about brokers and 3PLs. But now that you're trying to scale, what kind of value are you seeing that, that they actually provide? Well, I, I see building a relationship with them makes a huge difference. I've been working uh, with like five or six of them, getting a real good feedback from them. You know what I mean? Like them calling me first, uh, them working with like not only rate, but just, you know, scheduling and uh, making sure you're planning with them. You know what I mean? Like how, okay, we got this load coming up here next week. Like, would you be able to cover that? That kind of stuff's really kind of come along really well. I like that aspect, uh, just kind of forecasting what's coming next. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's been great. Like it, I can't stress that enough. Like getting with the three PL. You know what I mean? Whoever you work with, like just establishing a great relationship with them. Yeah, just like what Jay was talking about from uh, from Echo, talking to them about what are your business plans, what are your uh, desires for growth and stuff like that, and building that true partnership. And you were saying yourself, Jamie, finding those three PLs who feel that same way and want to help grow that partner. It sounds like a, a win win situation when you really approach it from that from that uh, perspective. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, fuel efficiency and how you're going about that and the importance of that? Oh, yeah. yeah he mentioned costs, too. You know, yeah, because you got to know your costs. If you're right? not really, he's, he's like, he actually got like sponsorship from Mac by going on social media, starting this whole Maconomics yeah. thing. So this is the guy. Yeah, no, I remember this. This is really good stuff because when you're the driver, you can control that and you know how to do that stuff, right? But Correct. teaching more drivers as you grow, right? There's yeah. your costs. That's the biggest thing right there. Your big, biggest expense right now, especially with fuel costs, the way they're kind of just going crazy right now, is fuel efficiency. And I did partner with Mack Trucks to build a more efficient truck. Uh, went to their engineering department. We figured out how to downspeed these trucks even more, get you know higher rear end ratios to you know really optimize the truck. That's a huge performance thing, but also the driver is a huge thing. And I started working with Pedal Coach by Link Drive. You've had Jeff Bear on a few times to talk about that. And I can't stress that thing enough. Like for what little that costs, you will see a bigger return than anything you do on your truck because it kind of helps you along. Like, you know, I thought I was a really great driver until I used the pedal coach and I realized that eh, maybe I was a good driver and this thing made me great. It really helped me show how to use my foot a little lighter it was a great, you know, plus it gives you feedback every night, like how, you know, which part of the world you're in, like what kind of fuel economy you got, you know, the wind, and just all the variables that make it like to say a bad day kind of pointed out a bad day and then a good day pointed out a good day. So, yeah, technology, that's a huge thing to right now, like just in trucks, like just so much going on there. Well, Jamie, I hear I saw a stack in your hand on social media. And you said it was a million dollar investment. It was a stack of fuel cards. That that's scary yeah. getting fuel cards for the fleet. What, what's an investment like that? And what should people uh, what should people know when they're thinking of scaling up like you're doing? Gosh, fuel cards! What a nightmare! <laughs> <laughs> trying to find a good one and trying to work with a company, and then like just everyone reaching out to you, wanting to give you their product. You know, wanting you, but doesn't make it a good product that you'd want to use, right? The, the million dollar investment is I bought five trucks. I got five trucks coming here. I got uh, five trailers coming. They're all due any day now. So I'm kind of frantic about that. Uh, just making sure you can get them on the road. Like there's so many things a person doesn't think about when you have that many coming in at one time, making sure that you're super serving your drivers well, just what they were talking about a minute ago, like you're, you know, just because you can get people in the door, you want to keep them. So you want to make their life easy and simple as possible because driving's hectic. It's a hard job. You know what I mean? It's an all day job. It's a 24 seven job. You know what I mean? So you're trying to make it as smooth as possible. So that's why, you know, fuel cards, trying to find one that works everywhere. That's super easy that the pump and all that stuff. And I still get a discount. That's the hard part, you know what I mean? Finding one with a discount. So, well, Jamie, how do you plan on retaining drivers? You just mentioned it there. Drivers can get, you know, upset, annoyed, jump at another cab, put another logo on, yeah. like it's like it's nobody's business. How do you keep them around? Well, for me, it's been 
as a driver, I wanted something more personal. You know, I wanted someone to know me as a person, to work with me, help me through my day, you know, help me through the driving, all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like if, if they need something, I try to get to it immediately. Uh, try to rectify the situation, get them home when they need to be home. You know what I mean? All that stuff is super important. You know, a person has a life, you know, besides yeah. the truck. And I think that's where massive companies get lost. You know what I mean? Like the person who operates those trucks might have 50 trucks and they got, you know, do they know every single person personally and they know what they need to get home for? And, you know, like yeah, one guy moving next week and I, you know, I'm getting him home in time and then, you know, helping him with uh, renting equipment even so he can move. I mean, just being there to help the guy. Treat him like family. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, a lot of companies, it's not that they don't care. It's just, they forget they care until the person needs them to care. You know what I'm saying? They're there. So, 100%. Hey, how about if we uh, yeah, give a little spin of the yeah. uh, wheel of stupid don't questions? Yeah. We'll get to know Jamie a little better. Let's get to know, because we All care right. what he has to say. Spin the wheel. Make the deal. Yeah, All right. What do we got? All right, my friend. So what's the worst experience that you've ever had with a vending machine? Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> Stupid question? No. Yes. That's the idea. (laughs) Um, you know, as it turns out, if you if you tip a soda machine, a lot of things will fall out of it. (laughs) Oh, I think he tilted the machine like it was pinball. They were like one of the highest causes of death is a vending machine. Yeah, well, Jamie's a strong guy. He's uh, especially before he started doing that keto and taking his energy away from himself. Hey, Jay, how do people learn more about you? How do they connect? Uh, you can find me on almost every social media platform at uh, Hellbent Hagen. And uh, email, email address, Jamie at Hellbent Express, hellbentexpress.com. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining sure. us. Now, we're going to toss yep. to lunch in a minute. You can scroll right down here. You can click on the icebreaker. But real quick story. We like to talk about pets on here, right? Animals love. We, we do. We yeah, absolutely. They're awesome. Lost pets being reunited. Yeah. We have the cat that people thought was a bobcat. Turned out it wasn't. It was a regular house cat. Well, here's a story. <laughs> in the, in the KC, KHQ Channel 06 says Tilly, who's a two-year-old border collie, he has been found after being ejected from a car crash on Sunday. He was in a GMC Yukon pulling a horse. It hit another car on the road. The driver got knocked out and taken to the hospital. The dog went missing. Someone said they saw it running across a field. Well, because it's a border calling, because they cannot not work, it decided to start herding cattle in a field that it found. Just took a job. And that's when they found the dog. Go enjoy some lunch. We'll be right back here at the desk. Click on that icebreaker. We'll see you soon. Welcome back from lunch, everybody. Hope you made some nice connections in yeah. that icebreaker. You know what? November 8th to 10th, though, you're going to be able to make all of those connections in person right here in Chattanooga at F3, the oh, future yeah. of Freight Summit. Go to live.freightwaves.com. Click on F3. Hey. Little secret. Use promo code WTT. You'll save yourself $200. Oh, we still got that going on? We still got that going on. Excellent. 200 bucks off. Hey, highlighting a couple things here before we jump into our next interview. Yeah. One of the things we've been doing on What the Truck is highlighting truckerpreneurs, right? right? A lot of truckers side hustle during the pandemic or just on their downtime. We've been talking about technology, more and more tools. Well, there's e-commerce tools as well. That's right. One of the first truckerpreneurs we highlight is right here on my hat. It is a great one, too. It is our buddy Freight Bambino. He was on What the Truck the other day saving a deer. Yeah, right? And uh, Bambino Cattle Company, the funny thing about it is it's a ghost cattle company, asset-free. No ghosts. It's not a broker either. It doesn't broker cattle. No. In fact, you don't even have any cattle. No. no. All hat, no cattle. Just all hat, no cattle. It's just branding. The great Bambino <laughs> on there, Bambino Cattle Company. Now, this may not get you cattle, but will, what it will get you is recognition in the secret society of truckers at every truck stop you go. You'll oh, definitely yeah. get like one of those, like, what's Absolutely. up? Absolutely. Yeah. I wear mine proudly. Another big one, another guest we've had on here before. This one happened up in uh, Milwaukee. Safety for her, she's opened. That's uh, Melissa Gaglione. She opened her first. Melissa Gaglione, that's right. Her store, Gray Sharky, has the store up right now, but she 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 worked in the towing industry. She noticed that for females within the industry, there was no clothing that was either safe or flattering. And one of the issues is you have those big, you know, XXL oversized vests, big pants, a lot of extra material can get caught in machinery. That's exactly right. um, She made leggings for for females with the the high-vis coloring on the side, uh, tapered vests and everything for for different body types. And I'm sure anybody of any gender, if you've got a smaller frame, she might have some great clothing for you there, too. Wish her all the best. It's Melissa Gaglione. And then one other one that we had on here was 
the trucker stick. Remember St. Christopher's trucker relief fund guy? Uh, he had to clear off his mirrors all the time oh, with yeah, his trucker yeah, stick. The trucker stick. Someone said, "Hey, you should turn that into a product." He turned it into a product, and now he's got the trucker stick. Uh, some of them, I believe, are sold at Pilot Flying J with the St. Christopher's trucker relief logo on it. A portion of those funds go to them. So really cool. If you have a story out there, you are an owner operator. You're a truck driver. You also have a cool side hustle going on, or just an interesting one. You can email me tduner at freightwaves.com. That's D double O N E R. We'd be more than happy to highlight and feature you. You know what? You know what's a show that I used to watch a whole bunch. What's that? Uh, I stopped going to the bars when I quit drinking, but I used to watch Cash Cab all the time, right? <laughs> Cash Cab's Ben Bailey. You know that he is an old Dominion alumni. Now, he's not our next guest, but our next oh. guest also went to Old Dominion University. Oh, is that right? Yeah, it's Mike Wells, the SVP of Mike Operations Wells. over at DCLI. Uh, hey, you ever have Ben drive your own campus over there? <laughs> no, I did not know that. I knew about Justin Verlander. I did not know about Cash Cab. Fan oh, yeah. of the show, but yeah. <laughs> Great picture as well. In. Well, hey, we're not just talking about cash cap today. We're talking about something that everyone's looking for, though, which is chassis, right? Chassis is hard to come by, especially depending on the port you're at. The crease, the increased volume in container shipping is wreaking a little bit of havoc. So set the table for us. Tell us what's going on right now with chassis, and especially from the perspective of how owner operators are having to deal with this issue. Yeah, I, I think there's there's no secret that there's a, a demand shortage or supply shortage right now at chassis, right? I mean, the the uh, volume that's been pumped into the U.S. over the last eight months, you know, combined with dwell, at, you know, at historical highs is, is created some real challenges for not only DCLI, but, you know, everybody in this space. So, you know, having said that, I mean, we haven't thrown our hands up. We've, you know, done all we can to increase inventory. We've reduced our out-of-service um, you know, below 3%, which if you asked me last year at this time, you know, if we were able to do that, I'd have said it was impossible. So, you know, we're, we're moving chassis around. We're working with our ocean carrier customers, our BCOs, to try to ground equipment to free up chassis and create supply for our motor carriers. But it's been a challenge. I mean, the, the, you know, the supply chain has been stressed, you know, with all this volume. And it's been difficult for, you know, customers to unload timely, warehouses are full, uh, auto plants are shut down, things like that. But we haven't given up and, and you know, working hard for our motor carriers. So talk about that. Talk about the difficulties that are there in repositioning these these chassis and how many are out there. What is the cost involved in just repositioning chassis yeah. to move this volume of containers? Yeah, I mean, we spend tens of millions of dollars a year moving chassis. I mean, we can move them across the street from one terminal to another, from a railroad to another railroad. We can move them from Chicago to L.A., just depending on where the demand is and, and um, you know, <laughs> migration that occurs in our business. But, you know, one thing that, that's happened through this, this whole pandemic is we've been able to rely on our motor carriers. I mean, we, you know, capacity hasn't been a constraint for us. Um, you know, so we've been very fortunate in that regard. So, you know, a lot of chassis to move. We've moved them. You know, where markets have cooled off, we've moved them to markets that have heated up. Um, we've had new business. We've had, you know, ships, you know, call L.A. this month. They call Oakland next month. So a lot of different challenges with, you know, moving supply where it's needed. And, and visibility is a big challenge for us as well. Right. So, you know, with dwell, you know, in some markets, particularly in the Midwest, you know, that that dwell is double the time that they that our customers have held on to a chassis has gone from on average four days to eight to 10 days. So we've had to move inventory in to, you know, to satisfy that demand. So a lot of different reasons to move them, but we've always been able to count on our motor carriers, you know, throughout the pandemic. to get done for us. So here's a quote from you built. We built the church for Easter Sunday, but this is a whole new holiday. So what happens yeah. when you've got all the Easter egg coloring material, but you really need a bunch of fireworks because it's the 4th of July. How do you guys, how do you guys get on the right track? Yeah. Well, I, I know Ryan, who was on a couple week at, weeks ago, made that quote. I think it's trying to build a church for a Stones concert is what we're trying to do right now. So, you know, we've got, um, again, when you're talking about double the volume that, that, um, we've ever seen combined with, uh, you know, 50% higher street dwell, you know, the time that it takes for, um, motor carriers to pick chassis up the inbound dwell at rail terminals is also increased. So it, it takes creativity, you know, 
to to drive the supply. So we, you know, despite all this, we we've set street records every week. You know, and we've relied heavily on our M and R vendors and their mechanics. I don't I don't think enough credit has gone to you know those folks in that industry from what they've been able to do through this whole pandemic. They you know, not once from, you know, a year and three months ago when we all packed up shop and went home, all of our, you know, our field teams, our mechanics, motor carriers, they stayed on the job that, you know, to help us prepare for, you know, this, this volume that we're seeing right now. It just, it started eight months ago and hadn't let up. So Mike, how do you manage through this and looking into the future, right? You're talking about dwell times that have more than doubled, probably tripled in many cases. And as you spoke to, you got people diverting from one port to the next. You don't get a whole lot of visibility into that sometimes. And then you got issues like in Yanchen where, where, you know, you're shutting down because of uh, COVID or the crane gets knocked over by Yang Ming lines or whatever (laughs) it happens to be. And you have these blank sailings that occur, right? How do you balance yep. between just moving chassis around and what you said, the need to, you, you need to double the size of your fleet to handle all this stuff. How do you invest that capital and make that, that determination? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't put my crystal ball on screen, right? I got you. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a balance, right? I mean, one, you'd like to think that a, a, a ship on the water for three weeks with 15,000 containers, you'd have a line of sight to how they'd be used, but that's, really not the case. You don't know how many are going to go to the ground, how many are going to be going your chassis, your competitor's chassis, a rail car, how long, you know, when they do outgate, are they going to stay out three days or three months? All those things are a variable. So we really try to build the best analytical tools to give us real time line of sight to what's going on to try to adjust. But the reality is we all have to work together, us, our customers, the rails, the terminals, the motor carriers to make sure that we maximize the use of every asset we've got. I'm sure folks have been on talking about the challenges with new supply, given, you know, the, the anti-dumping case and the, the duties that are, have been placed on chassis that traditionally have been sourced for China. So, you know, new supply in 2021 or 2020 is going to be tough to come by. So I think it's important for all of us to work together to make sure that we turn the equipment as fast as we can we ground what we can. We keep everything that we can uh, repaired and available for the truckers and, uh, you know, manage it, you know, with, with the resources we have. So it takes everybody, you know, pulling their own weight to get that done. Now, Mike, how important is it for owner operators to have this choice of chassis equipment provider? There's been a lot of debate over who should control yeah. the chassis, where should they be? Where do you sit on that? Yeah, I think choice, I mean, for us, our view is, I think, you know, we've been pretty clear on that. I mean, there are, there are plenty of choices today. And for us, you know, choice does not create supply, right? I mean, today, choice isn't going to generate more chassis. And for DCLI, our goal is to, is to have the best product out there and, you know, to, to contribute those assets into a pool, you know, a shared pool. Just there, there's not that incentive you know, to make that investment, you know, in the radials and the, in the, the refurbishments that we're doing and the new chassis and all that. It's like, you know, me going out there and, and buying a new car for my neighbor, right? So, you know, he's got it to drive to work. So, you know, there, there, you know, we just, we believe that the investment in our fleet gives our, our customers and our motor carriers the best experience um, and the best, you know, line of sight to our customers' volume and supply and things like that. Yeah. Hey, Mike, great stuff. We really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us yeah. at the summit today. People who want to get some more information after the show, where should we send them to? DCLI.com. A lot of information there. And, and for motor carriers that need information about where our supply is and who to reach out to, you know, get their hands on it, there's, there's a uh, contact list there by region to uh, find out who to talk to. Easy enough. Thank you Thanks so much. Thank you. Take, take care. Take care. Hey, so big proving ground. You know, he mentioned V-Lander, right? And, and, and athletes, they go through spring training and they go through proving grounds and there's, there's schools that make the top athletes. Well, that also happens yeah. in supply chain. There's companies that make the top supply chain professionals and some of those are Amazon and Home Depot. Never talk to a dumb guest from there and I don't think we're about to either. Is no, probably Ashwin not. Vasudivan. He's director of marketing over at KBX Logistics. He came from those companies and now he's over at KBX. We're going to talk to him a little bit about tech in supply chain. Ashwin, thank you so much for joining us today. 
Hey guys, how are you? Pleasure hey, how, to be on the show. First time are, on here and first time for GBX too. Hey, how are you excited to be back in the office? I saw you on LinkedIn walking into that office in Green Bay. You got a big smile on your face. Yeah, I'm super excited, man. I'm super excited to be here. I'm uh, I'm super excited to come to F3 as well. I think that's mm-hmm. going to be awesome. Um, you know, I was on my first flight ever uh, a couple of weeks ago and it was a surreal experience. You know, I'm, I'm a customer facing type of guy. And, and it was one of those things where it was just a surreal experience to go on a plane and, and see what it was like. Well, not your first flight since the pandemic, your first flight ever. No, no, since the pandemic, obviously. Oh, wow. I was going to say, wow. (laughs) Since the pandemic, yeah, since the pandemic started. Let's talk about tech stack (laughs) a little bit. How does, uh, how does the technology that KBX offers help out the owner operator in 2021? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, one of the things that we realized over the past 18 months or so is we've seen uh, a variety of different freight markets uh, across uh, a variety of different industries. And just a little bit of background about KBX. KBX is the transportation arm of Coke Industries. Uh, We're kind of broken down into four different buckets, essentially. Uh, One is logistics, one is rail, one is international, uh, and one is technology solutions that we just kind of put together. Um, And, you know, when we think about tech stacks, it's it's our ability, and and we knew this before the pandemic even started, it was the ability to be agile, you know, having two-week sprints in our our development process, but also the ability to have technology that is flexible enough, uh, especially in a world that needs a reactive supply chain, right? Um, Given the the breadth of companies that Coke Industries support, uh, we've really been their transportation arm. And, you know, one of the biggest companies was Georgia Pacific. And interestingly enough, last year, you guys probably didn't have a lot of toilet paper. But <laughs> yeah, I think in, in retrospect, what we realized was the ability to be flexible, uh, but also understand that there is that that flex capacity that I heard of a lot today uh, available in the market. I think that's where owner operators really come into play. And we've created tools. I mean, we launched uh, our, our digital freight marketplace load shop right in the middle of the pandemic, like right at the start. I think it was April when we launched it. And, and you know, we doubled on on solutions like electronic bill of lading because we felt like it was a unique opportunity to leverage technology and push forward in the right direction from a transformation standpoint. Yeah. So, uh, Ashwin, the technology, obviously, uh, very, very important. And but in these tight capacity markets, how do you utilize like scale and, and relationships? Those got to be really important in navigating through this, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, one thing I've said is it doesn't matter the type of technology you use and how flashy it looks. At the end of the day, those relationships are going to outlast some of that technology, right? Because, I mean, technology from a consumer experience standpoint is only as good as a relationship, especially in a, in a freight market that's this tight. Um, so we truly believe in the value of relationships, uh, especially in the short term, but also most most optimistically in the long term, right? And then when you think about Coke's guiding pr- principles and long-term focus and the long-term value of mutual benefit, uh, that's where we see uh, winners in, in this particular space. And you know, as we start to think about opportunities for those relationships and engaging those smaller carriers, it's, it's understanding what are their pain points and what are we looking to solve for as a ca- carrier, and then kind of working backwards from that solution. I mean, that's that's a term you guys have probably heard from Amazon employees. It's working backwards from the problem and trying to understand how, how to be customer obsessed that way. You know, everyone talks about Amazon and how they change shipping expectations. But let's talk about Apple for a minute. Apple changed user experience expectations, mm-hmm. right? People's True. patience in, in using programs. So talk to us a little bit about the user experience and the consumer for these products, how important is it that you consider what they're going to see versus like what your engineers see? Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely important, right? I mean, getting customer feedback and and reacting to that feedback quickly, uh, whether it's a shipper feedback or a carrier feedback in terms of whatever product it is that you're you're selling to that customer is absolutely essential. So understanding what tools are available to you to capture that feedback, react upon that feedback quickly as, as well, and, and provide that guidance is absolutely essential. It's, it's truly the principles of product management, right? I mean, when you think about how to launch a product, it's sort of this mentality of build it, you measure it, you learn, and you pivot if necessary, right? So you kind of use those four buckets and you launch a product that way. 
generally speaking, most companies are successful in that particular area, right? I mean, I think you think about companies like Netflix, for example. I mean, they built it, uh, and, and people were, were, were gathering all these DVDs into their houses and sending them back. And then they learned from that that, hey, there may be a potential modder here. And then they measured that and then basically said, hey, we're just going to pivot and move everything online to the cloud. And, and you can, I mean, you can, you know how successful they've been over the past couple of years. So, and that, that trajectory seems to be going in the upward direction. Yeah, well, one of the reasons I asked that, Vincent, is yeah. he's kind of an interesting hybrid right here. He is an engineer mm-hmm. who is now doing marketing for a logistics yeah, yeah, company. Yeah. So you have to shift your own perspective because you're marketing. Mm-hmm. It's all user, right? It's all user experience, user yep. focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's really interesting, right? Uh, you know, the, the metrics that I learned when I was in engineering, I mean, I went to Georgia Tech, so I went to school for industrial engineering. But, you know, the, the metrics that are applied in the marketing side of things, I think the the role of a marketer in itself is shifting, right? It's turning into more of that growth hacker. And, and how do you do that effectively in the in the right mechanisms and kind of, you know, leaning on people that have done it previously, uh, whether it's through scrappy means or, or it's through traditional means of digital advertising or advertising in general, right? So there's got to be a balance between those two. And, and you can't just throw blind dollars at marketing anymore. I think there's got to be some type of return on investment as you start to kind of build that brand over time. Excellent. So, Ashwin, I'm an owner-operator. I'm going to be an owner-operator, right? I need, I'm looking mm-hmm. for your advice, man. What, what, what advice are you giving me when I'm looking for somebody like a KBX Logistics or mm-hmm. any other logistics company out there? What are the things that most matter? What's that mix between tech, relationship, uh, et cetera? What, sell me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a great question. And, you know, it's, it's the blend of relationship relationships help make your life easier as an owner operator right and then for us from our perspective you know if there's if there's a benefit to us there has to be a benefit to you as well as an owner operator we look for grounds of mutual benefit uh, and, and you know if there's areas and regions where we need capacity and you're able to provide that capacity we want to make sure we offer a fair price for that capacity as well so it's just important to understand that aspect and align those incentives and, and make sure we have a good re- working relationship that way, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, there's, and, and I think Prasad over at Trucker Tools mentioned this in his fire that chat. I mean, 90% of the carriers are, are in that owner operator space. I mean, there's a huge portion of them. Um, so it's important to understand what their needs are and how we're helping solve for those needs as well. Hey, how do people reach out and learn more? Yeah, absolutely. So we just launched our website this year. So I'm super excited about that. It's uh, www.kbx.com. Uh, feel free to reach out, go to our carrier page, come to co- our contact us page and feel free to reach out and, and uh, would, would love to have more owner operators on our programs uh, as we continue to grow. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for joining us at the Small Fleet and Owner Operator Summit. Good times, right? And folks, if you're watching this right now, go to live.freightwaves.com. If you're not watching it at live.freightwaves.com, register. We are going to give away a Roomba at the end of this show. Michael Vincent on What the Truck coming up on Friday. Nice. Speaking of owner-operators, well, we have Lakeisha Martin. She is an owner-operator. She's going to be talking about her method. She's on our show. We've got a Shay Dixon, CEO of Allegiant Logistics. She, uh, I think she was on Put That Coffee Down a couple weeks ago. She brought a big crowd with her. She is a stick of dynamite. And we also have Jay Reagan. He is the owner of Gilly Sports. And what's cool about him is he ships kayaks and things like that across the country. Now, on What the Truck, we've been talking about big, weird freight and how it's moved and hauled. Well, now we're going to get the shipper perspective on that and how difficult it can be working with carriers and and what you got to know about launching new products. Always insightful to get all sides of the equation. Monday's show, we mentioned if you go back there, you're going to find out about freight 145 million years in the making. That's right. Bob Boosie from uh, BWS Logistics, he told us all about what goes into moving those big uh, dinosaurs to a park that cannot be named but is in Orlando, Florida. And uh, those dinosaurs (laughs) look awfully much like the – they're from the Jurassic Park franchise. So I think they might have been going to that Velase coaster. We don't know. We don't know that for sure. A weather truck you can catch Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays when there's not these virtual events at noon – live at noon Eastern time. Then on demand, they're afterwards podcast players everywhere. Just look up What the Truck or download the Freightways TV app where you can watch not just this show, but you can watch replays of this entire event on that app. They're all broken up into nice 
you know, sections for you. You can catch all our other shows on here. We've got a ton of them now. We get shows like Banff, which you do every Monday yeah. at 2 p.m. Uh, Benchmark, Analyze. Uh, monitor meh? and forecast. Meh. I was going to say meh. Forecast, monitor and forecast. <laughs> and catch them uh, tomorrow on Freight Waves Now, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Always a ton of content going on at tv.freightwaves.com. Find me on Twitter at Timothy Dooner. That's D-O-O-N-E-R. Find him at Vincent the Dude. Tell him how to be. Peace and love, everyone. Spread it everywhere.